Greetings all. Exodexa is a educational company that is grounded in what we believe to be the best educational technology that's available. We like to call it adaptive practice, but it's really based on a lot of research about what makes knowledge sticky. I'm Nolan Bushnell. You might know me from Atari and Chuck E. Cheese and what have you, but I want to introduce my CEO, Leah Haynes, who's actually much smarter than I am, and a PhD, so we have to call her doctor. And, uh, and she, uh, she brings um, some gravitas and, and a really nice pedigree to this band of brothers and sisters that are trying to revolutionize education. Leah? I love the way you said that, Nolan. I mean, yes, revolutionize education. And that is what's needed. I think we all saw during the pandemic just how broken the system is for kids who aren't ahead of the curve. And I, what gets me excited about adaptive practice is that it sort of opens the door to a whole new way of managing a classroom. If, if you have a system that gives instant feedback on where a student is, then you have a much better chance of keeping that group busy while you address the kids who are behind the curve and need extra help. So I think for teachers, it's a, a huge benefit. You want to describe it a little bit more, Nolan? Yes. What, but I want to amplify a little bit what you said. What we're offering is a teacher that has a 30-person classroom to all of a sudden have half the class using the computer or two-thirds of the class. So all of a sudden it becomes a class of 15 or a class of 10, which is much more, I think, manageable. But there's another very important part of that, and that is disruption. If there's one thing that constantly comes up when you talk to teachers is how frustrating disruption and just getting a class to quiet down. If you have a computer and everyone is expected to start a lesson at the beginning of the class, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's another real advantage. So I really want to stress that a bit more. But adaptive practice is actually Socratic. The Socratic method was about asking questions. And the technology really says that passive, 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 if we remembered everything that we hear see or hear, our brains would explode. And so they, passive things are not triggers to our mind to remember it. When you question, all of a sudden, it forces your brain to consider things. And that's what we do with adaptive practice. Adaptive practice is a gamified system which asks questions and requires answers. And so in a typical lesson, 
a student is responding in every three to five seconds for the whole lesson. And here's another nice thing about it. It's not about how fast you are. It's about whether you know it. And so some kids' clocks are just a little bit different. And so a lot of times kids who are slow are misdiagnosed. They may be absolutely smart, but they, their clocks run slightly different. Who cares? Does it really matter in the life? And so I feel like we have the tools to enfranchise every student. Plus, by integrating lessons and testing, so there's no test at the end, you continue to play until you understand it all. An adaptive practice asks questions. If you get it right, data point. If you get it wrong, data point. And the things that you miss are repeated until you get it right several times. And so all of a sudden, the whole mechanism changes. Some kids just can't do tests right. Do you want to amplify, Leah? Well, you know, what really excites me about that, Nolan, and I don't have research to back this up, but I think the majority of the kids who show up later in life with anger, show up with guns in schools or in, in social settings, their early humiliations were in the classroom. And what you just described is a system that can take that early humiliation out of the equation. It doesn't matter how long it takes. As you said, it's just a different clock in that student. It doesn't matter how long it takes them to learn it because the only people who know are the student, the teacher who's monitoring the feedback, and the system. The other kids in the room don't have to know whether this student is really struggling with math or reading or whatever the issue is. So that, that alone, I think, is worthy of a, a longevity study. But I do think that there's a real benefit to that. And then the other thing is back to the benefit of, of that program for the teacher. You are really teaching the kids who need help. And the kids who are managing and moving forward on their own are fine. And then a third thing that came to mind was, this is like the beginning of um, truly individualized learning without a burden on the teacher. Because you can set the, the students up in uh, programs that are part of their main interest. For example, if a student loves cars, you can teach them a lot through cars, math, physics, even history under the development of the automobile and what was going on in the political system at the time. There are just so many ways to teach children through their main interest and then add other interests as they see the overlap of their interest and manufacturing or their interest. And so whatever the other areas are, we can expand their interests. But meeting kids where they are is what's really exciting to me about this. Well, also... And we'll be talking about this in a later podcast. Synthetic mentoring using ChatGBT and the AI engines, I think, can really change that metric even more by having the mentor have the look and the sound 
of Kobe Bryant or Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so, and and or or, or maybe even Taylor Swift. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, I think that the adaptive practice engines, and we have authoring tools that also give the opportunity for the teacher to have kids create a lesson. And when the teacher, when, when a student creates a lesson, one of the best ways to learn something is to try to teach it. You know, that and I think so that can be really powerful too. Yeah, I, I really like that idea. And, and I would like to see the fifth grade students learning something and then how would you teach that to a fourth grade student? How would you teach that to a third grade student? Because it also then adds the empathy part of like, well, where was I when I was that age? And how did I process information? And how did I learn? And I think that there's just some really wonderful benefits to adaptive learning in, in the uh, teaching side of it for the students. Well, remember that as young kids, we looked up to the kids that were older than us. Mm -hmm. You know, we wanted to be them. <laughs> Yeah, when did and, that change where we went from, okay, now they're old? <laughs> like, now <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that, uh, yeah, there, it's, it's almost like setting up very uh, loosely monitored mentoring systems with older kids and younger kids, right? They, they learn from each other and they listen to each other better than they listen to the adults in the room. Well, you, you growing up, were in a one-room schoolhouse where you had multiple I grades. I was. All eight grades in one room. That's and, a and, real challenge for a teacher, especially then, because there there were no, I mean, it was notebooks and pencils, and that poor teacher had to prepare lessons for eight different grade levels every week. Like, every day it was a different group. And one of the benefits of that was that as a second grader, I heard her teaching the sixth graders and the seventh graders and the eighth graders because they were just down the you know few aisles over from me. We were supposed to be working on our own work during that time, but you can't help but hear what's going on from the other uh, groups. And so we don't any longer have that option with uh, multiple grades in a room. But I would really uh, encourage the thought that we, instead of batching kids by age, we could batch them by interest and have like a novice, intermediate, and advanced study in each. So back to the student who loves cars. You know, the novice is playing with matchbook cars and, and talking about, you know, broad strokes about automobiles. But this senior uh, student in that group who's the experienced or the master's level uh, in the group has really looked into engines and the difference between electric and, and uh combustion and so there are, there are so many or ways hybrid. <laughs> yeah or hybrid it's so many ways for students to learn from each other with the guidance of a teacher and i think that's an important point that i'd like to make that none of this is talking about getting rid of the teacher all of this is talking about freeing up the teacher's time so that it can be spent creatively with the students in a mentor role with the students and social and emotional well-being which is such an issue 
especially post-pandemic, with a lot of students who missed those years of learning how to socialize in first, second, and third grade, they're entering fourth grade. I had one uh, fifth grade teacher say to me, I'm actually teaching second grade students fifth grade material because they are locked into their second grade behaviors, even though they're now fifth grade students. And I think adaptive yeah. practice is also something that, God forbid, we should ever have another shutdown like that. But in that instance, we would have a way to keep the kids engaged. No question about it. Well, I think that's it for adaptive practice, and we'll see you next time on the Exodexa channel. Thank you.